Welcome to the Kingdom Business Podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Fitch, sitting in the studio as always with the great LZ. Hey. Ooh, that was kind of strange. That's one of those guttural haze. That was a weird intro for both hey. of us. I like I like weird intros. Keeps things real. Like asking random people if they'll give you a hug. Yeah, let's tell that story. So, a, so today we're sitting at, we're sitting here at the studio, getting ready to record. We look out the window and these two men see each other on the sidewalk and they're obviously meeting and it appeared to be after a long time or something. They were very glad to see each other. Very. And they, they gave each other, each other, hello, been talking long. <laughs> <laughs> they gave each other a nice embrace, brotherly love kind an of embrace. An embrace. They yeah. were very glad to see each other. And then what happened? Well, I'm a hooker. And, you know, I just stepped outside and said, hey, guys, can I get one of those? You're handing out hugs. They both looked at me like. They were not interested. And I was like, uh, I just wanted a hug, you know, and it was really awkward and really kind of bad. And It was very awkward. So, you know, they, they looked at me and smiled and walked away and they didn't take me serious. So, so it, here's what I'm asking, folks. I want a free hug. Next time you see the great LZ anywhere. Yeah. Any circumstance. That's right. Just walk up and give him a great big hug. I welcome it. Let us know that you're a listener. Well, you know, this morning, Kai told me that he wanted me to give you a big bear hug. Yeah, but he said, what I need you to do is I I need you to give him the hug. And while you're giving him the hug, I need you to look him in the eyes. Well, I'm glad you didn't do either. I said, that's that's something I can't do. Yeah, I don't know how we do that. I'm glad that didn't happen. Well, he's going to expect he's it from on Kai. Of, he's on a lot of pain meds. Right <laughs> he is. We love Kai. Kai, I know you're listening to this. He's, you're going to listen and you're going to laugh. He's on a lot of pain meds. He is. So what's going on in the world of LZ this week? There's a lot going on, man. I'll tell you, the, the biggest thing swirling me is the word the Lord's given me about the prophets. What's that? Well, <clears throat> it's kind of been this thing where when I when I've been thinking about and just kind of been dreaming with the Lord. I've been I've been seeing like this epic video, this movie play out in my mind of what it would have been like to have been on the mountain the night that there was the standoff of the prophets. Yeah, so are you like in an open vision or a dream or Well, it's I don't know, I don't know really what you'd call it, but it's almost like this 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 image of this scene set on top of this mountain and these prophets that are there cutting themselves. Yeah. Crying out. And then Elisha comes over and is it Elisha or Elijah? Elijah. <laughs> Standing we, there, don't never let it show that he could never answer yes or no. Oh, he'll blow the whole mountaintop off. I'm, hey. Oh, wait, that's Kalijah. That's Kalijah. Oh, that's a whole <laughs> But that's a different, that's totally different. You've got the prophet and he's up on the, up on the mountain. And man, here's here's where I'm at. Okay, and, and listen, I, I love people. People are people. I love people, but we're coming to a place where we've become so tolerant as the body of Christ that I'm afraid that when the prophets start speaking, people are going to get their feelings hurt because they're going to be sensing this thing and they're not going to see it for what it truly is. There's a different there's a different form of prophet that's rising up. 
Okay. So tell me about that. So in this showdown, when I was asking the Lord, what am I seeing? He says, well, I'm about, I'm about to go head to head. And it's the spirit of mammon. It's this, it's this antichrist spirit. It's this spirit that creates love of money and, and, and the lust of the flesh, all of this, we have, we have basically been, been lulled to sleep by false prophets who care more about themselves than they do the agenda of heaven. And I believe we're at a point. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's big now. It, it is. It is. But, but what's happened is we, we've, had, we've had a little over 10 years where prophets have allowed their intercessors to come into their inner circle. And, and what's happened is a prophetic gifting on a person many times has been manipulated because they've allowed their their inner circle to be um, uh, full of the people that are praying for them. Okay. And most would say, well, isn't that who you want praying for you or the ones that are in your inner circle? Well, sometimes, but your intercessors don't need to be hearing the dreams of heaven. Because when they're hearing the dreams of heaven, then what's happening is, is we're skewing the intercessor's prayer because the intercessor knows too much. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So in, in our quest... So, so that's weird because most people think your intercessors need to be all up in your business. That's what they think. But according to what the Lord has shown me is that's created a model of, of self-gratification, self-preservation. Because what happens is, is the intercessor is hearing the man or the woman of God's heart. They're hearing all the visions and all the dreams and all the conversations that they're having with heaven. So the intercessor is not truly filtering like they should be. Right. They're filtering by familiarity or familiar spirits. Okay. So this whole thing that's happening, there's a remnant of prophets that are out there that have been saying things in the in the earth, saying things in the land for a long time, and people have not been giving them any attention. And the days come where heaven is saying, okay, I, I've been raising up a generation of prophets, and they're ready, and they're bold. And they don't look or sound like what the church is used to. And push comes to shove. Religion's going to push back. And my prophets are ready to stand. So I believe we're at a very, very telling place um, where we are in the kingdom versus where we are also in the business world. And personally, I believe that we, we, are, at, we are standing on the edge of a cliff that overlooks a, va- a valley of decision. And I believe we're... We're standing on the cliff that you might have been standing on in your dream when you were standing next to uh, Saul. Yeah. And there was the commotion happening in the valley. Mm-hmm. We are at a moment where if we're not careful, the prophets are going the prophets need to be going out and anointing the kings. Mm. And what's happening is the prophets have been wrapped up in tickling ears. Mm. So because they've not been doing their job in the kingdom, there's been a massive reset and heaven has said, okay. I'm looking for the ones I'm looking for the ones who were out in the field because let me, let me ask you this. When Samuel went to find David, mm. he didn't know who he was looking for. Right. We're talking about Samuel. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the prophet that, that, that dethroned a King by basically saying, Hey, didn't heaven tell you to kill everything? Yeah. He went looking for the King and did not even know who he was looking for. Mm-hmm. Was it Samuel's mistake? Or was it that God just wanted to get him there? And then t- I think it was the fact Samuel might have been a little wrapped up in himself. Hmm. Who else will anoint the kings? It has to be the prophets. Yeah. So 
I believe what's happening is we've got people that run in our circles. Local guy here, Adam Fields. He's one of those guys that he gets on and talks about his prayer language. He talks about what he hears in his prayer language. He talks about how the syllables in his prayer language are actually saying words from the Greek and the Hebrew, and he extrapolates that out. He literally says, look, this is what I've been saying in my syllable. You can go back and listen and see his prayer language. And he starts saying, this is what the Lord's saying. This is what's about to happen. And it starts happening. Mm. There is a new era of prophets. And when I say new era, they're going to prophesy in the Waffle House. They're going to prophesy in the Walmart. I don't know that you'll find them prophesying much in the church. Sure. It's going to be an expression that draws people back to the cross. I don't know. I don't know. It sounds like a lot of weird talk, but prophets are weird people. Very true. You know, Mm -hmm. in nature. Yeah. What happens when they're released? What happens if you, if you put a hundred Sam Brassfields in Dalton, Georgia, what would happen to a city like Dalton with a hundred Sam Brassfields? I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I don't know. Just some thoughts. I can't imagine what would happen with, with one Sam Brassfield in Dalton. Oh, he's been here before. And he turned it upside down when he was here. Yeah, it was amazing. So, you know, what happens? I guess my question to you is what happens in the body? What happens in the church when prophets begin to rise up and challenge other words or other prophecies that are being given to tickle ears? What happens within the body? Yeah. You know what I mean? mean? Yeah. So again, um, uh, it's, I believe this is going to be a public thing. It's not going to be a pretty thing, but it's a purging. So when you talk about, when you talk about a showdown, what, what does that mean? Man. And that's the thing, you know, like I say, in the theater of my mind, I see, I see linen garments and staffs and hands and big fires and balls of fire coming out of heaven to ignite. I mean, so know, you're actually seeing that scene. Well, I see Mount that, Carmel. Yeah, I see that scene. But personally, I think it. I think it looks more like backdoor, backroom conversations. Hmm. Like what? I think it. I think it comes to false prophets and true prophets being able to sit down across from a table from each other and start a conversation. But here's the problem: false prophets aren't going to do that. False prophets are going to find a way to hide behind their own intellect and their own words. So then there comes a point in time because Yahweh is not going to let things keep going. Okay. So I believe there comes a point in time where just like the prophets of Baal, we have to stand up and go, okay, let's, let's see who for real is for real. Who's for real. I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. But there comes a point in time where the, where the, where the sons and daughters of God are going to quit being robbed from. Mm. And not not just financially, right? Also with words, sure. And the truth will invade, right? For that to happen, I would think the false prophet has to be recognized as a false prophet, right? So that's a public thing. Mm. So for me, something's going to happen to cause that false prophet to be publicly exposed. And, and who? Obviously, I don't want you to name names. Oh, I don't even know but, if I know any names. But who are these guys? I, I, and that's the thing. I mean, you brought up Adam Fields. We love Adam. I love Adam. And Adam, you're not a false prophet, by the way. No, Adam's yeah. the real deal. I think he's the real anybody, deal. Absolutely. If anybody walks with God, it's Adam. Exactly. Um, so, but who are you talking about? Well, I mean, w- w- without me dropping who who I'm talking about personally, who I feel like I've seen or I've prayed about, and I've seen these people drop into my 
it, I believe it's the ones right now that are the loudest. Okay. I believe it's the ones right now that are the most redundant and they're not saying anything, but they're trying to say something. There's a lot of big words and a lot of fluff and things. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm all about the prophetic, but what I'm not about is using thus saith the Lord to either make money or to grow your own kingdom. Mm. And I think we're at a point where there's been so many fa-fa words, foo-foo words about this and that, that the prophetic nature of heaven is not about how much more money he wants to give you. The prophetic nature of heaven right now is how do I institute a government of heaven on the earth? Right. And that's what Yahweh's wanting. He's wanting us to go out and say, as prophets, I'm lo- we're looking for the kings to anoint, to change the systems here on earth. Right. So if we're hearing a lot of rhetoric come out of people's mouths, and it's not talking about changing the systems here on earth, and they're, they're calling themselves prophets, I challenge them. Hmm. Because what the Lord's doing right now on the earth is he is literally reinstituting his government here on earth. Right. We're watching this. Sure. So if you hear a prophet or someone that calls themselves a prophet and they're not prophesying about that, mm. I would really kind of start to question what they're prophesying about because we've got everything we need. We're, we're, we're to the point we are um, fat, fat and sassy. I've had all the breads and soups and desserts and I'm just fat and sassy. That's where we are. We are <laughs> fat and sassy, bro. Yeah. So we don't need any other words about money. Right. We don't need any other words about resorts and lake houses and fancy cars and what we need. If you're not hearing a prophetic voice talk about the shifting and shaking of governmental authority from heaven. Right. I challenge that prophet. Wow. And when I say I challenge the prophet. What does that mean? Come call me up. Message me, prophet. I'll sit down with you and we'll talk about what's real. I'll 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 listen to what you have to say, heaven saying, and you can listen to what I've got to say. And if there's a disagreement there, we'll just take it to heaven. Sure. Because if heaven answered by fire in the Old Testament, heaven will still answer by fire today. Yes, he will. So this is not a this is not in any shape, form, or fashion me picking a fight. Sounds like it. No, no, no. I'm just at a place in the spirit where God's people have been abused and taken advantage of for far too long. To the point that people don't believe in the prophetic anymore. There we go. To the point where it almost is to the place where people are saying, oh, yeah, well, if it's real, then show me a sign. Right. When I think really the sign should be, hey, can I have a hug? Here's your sign. I just saw you give a hug out. Can I give you a hug? Not going to get any in Dalton today. I'll find me a hug today before it's over with. (laughs) Somebody hug this man. He needs it. You know what we hadn't heard in a long time? Is a good old funny story. A good old funny story. I've, I've got a short one. Let's hear it. Tell. Let's hear it. Me and the bee, the honeybee, we went out to the to the river this past weekend. Oh, I love this story. Yeah, yeah. This is the one you were telling earlier today. Yeah, and and uh, you know we we have uh, we've been up on the river a few times, and we we know the river pretty well. There's a there's a there's a group of people that. Uh, that come from Atlanta ish, those areas that you, like, you're talking about yuppie mamas. Yeah. 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 Yuppie mamas. Yep. And no offense to anybody that drives an Audi SUV, but most of them drive an Audi and Acura SUVs. You know, they're getting out of the vehicle with, um, outdoor gear on that. They just bought from Academy. Still got the tags on it. Um, they're gobbing the, the sunscreen on their babies. They're, they're doing all kinds of crazy things. And, uh, yeah, 
you know, it's, it's, it's one of those, you just see the person. It's the, it's like the, it's like the billboard Atlanta family. Okay. Yeah. 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 They're just coming to get out of the city. And you, you were calling them the wives. Well, okay. So we have to go back to this because when they, when they roll up to eat lunch and there's little islands along the river, people will stop. Yeah. These people like to have six or seven rafts all together, mm-hmm. big boats. We're in a tandem kayak. Yeah. And they'll invade your little island that's big enough for like five people. Yeah. They'll invade it with all their boats and push you off of it. Yeah. To take over. Yeah. Because they're. There's, there's very few spots to stop. Right. The best ones, the people on the river that know it. And these are rich, rich entitled people. From yeah. Atlanta. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. No. So. And you call them what? Pest hose. Oh. Yeah. Pest hose. Because, because of pesto. Pesto. Yeah, like the little they're, they're, eating, they're eating pesto on their Sam- sandwiches. No, just a, just a pesto sandwich. Oh, what yeah. is that? Yeah, like, what is that? That would be like eating a mayonnaise or a mustard sandwich. Just, I mean, I like pesto as much as the next guy. But yeah, but, but, but mixed, mixed with something. So the first time we had an encounter with these folks, I looked at the dudes. When the wives started pulling out pesto sandwiches, I looked at the dudes. As I'm sitting there eating my, my, my turkey sandwich, I look at them like, hey, what kind of protein's on that? And they kind of laugh and don't give me an answer. Yeah, because they're not in charge. No, they're not. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's the that's the picture of the families. Okay. So there's a place past a section of rapids called the Needle's Eye that there's a, a, a pretty large rock outcropping in the middle of the river you can stop. Oh, okay. Well, it was the water was up so much that you could only see about three inches of the top of the rocks. Okay. And I swung the kayak around and got us right up against those rocks and got us stopped for lunch. Because you knew where you were going. I knew where I was going. There you go. So we are we are sitting there and we're watching these boats come down and drop down out of the rapids from this from this little this little set. And I see one of the rafts coming down that has one of the pest hose. One of the one of the one, one of the ladies on there. And she's up in the front of the raft, and she's telling her husband, poor guy, she'd been telling him the whole the whole afternoon which way to go and what to do, and she was just George Washington in the front of the boat. Yeah. So here I am in the middle of the river, boats up against this rock outcropping. They can't see the boats up against a rock outcropping, and I'm standing up in about knee-deep worth of water. So here she comes down through the rapid set. They make a really good pass, and she sees me standing up behind the boat. Yeah. So I see her turn around and give her husband some instructions, and she's going to hop out the front of the boat. She's just going to get out where you are. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sitting watching, and she goes to pop out. What well, she don't know, the water's about 12 foot deep right now. <laughs> and so she said, kabloosh. Oh. When she come up, she, gra- she grabbed a hold of the raft like a wet cat. She looked over at me. Oh, and she, I bet she was madder than a cat, too. She pointed that crooked finger. She goes, how's, how's he doing it? And I just looked at her. And she drifted by, and I'm sure it was a ways down the river before she got back in the boat. Yeah. So we get on down. How's he doing? Uh, he he was he. You're he like could, he I, couldn't breathe. I am in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I'm walking on this water. He was jacked up. He was laughing so hard. <laughs> so about an hour later, we pass them again. They're on the side of the of the river eating and yeah. When when having we go, a having a pesto sandwich, a pesto sandwich, yeah, sandwich. And so we just ease by, letting the current take us, and we look over at him, and I just stick my hand up and act like I'm walking on the water. As I would go. <laughs> she didn't. She didn't have too much to say. Give you a middle finger. Huh, she wanted to, I'm sure. Wow. I, I'm sure, but you well, know, hey, what do you expect from rich suburban Atlanta moms, right? You should always check the depth of the water. <laughs> you know? And that river's clear. You can see the bottom. If you can't see the bottom, and I bet it was cold. Cold. Lord of cold, mercy. Cold. Cold. Well, it's coming straight out the bottom of. Uh, what Somewhere Fontana, Fontana Dam. Did she have a 
a life vest on. Oh yeah. Oh hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I bet she looked like a wet cat. She <laughs> she looked like a big wet cat. <laughs> she looked like a big wet cat. That's hilarious. <laughs> hey, you know you gotta always have your head on a swivel. Hey, funny things happen. You always gotta know where you're stepping when you step out of the boat. And you better be stepping in the right place. Yep. That's what. Hey, there's a whole sermon in that. Like. You could twist that whole thing around and be like, this is what happens when you decide to step out of the boat without a word from the Lord. The prophet looked like he was hovering above the water because he knew where the rock was. He knew where his rock was. But this lady didn't have a word from God. No, she didn't. She stepped out of the boat without a word from God. And it said, she didn't know where her rock was. MorelordKingdom.com. Got to check them out. Guys, got some great stuff coming. You are not going to believe the new merch this fall. It's going to be amazing. But if there's stuff that you love, be checking us out quickly for some really cool specials. There's going to be some good deals. Yep, yep. Ignitifier.net. If you don't have some, get you some, get lit. Ignitifier.net, grillgreat.com, or mystore.com. Dalen Rug. The best rugs in the kingdom. Always get yourself one prismatic that can do some awesome things with that. Get your glory rug, Dalen.com. You too can have your own glordal with Whoa. a Dalen rug. The glordal. Hey, I love one. you guys. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. More Lord. <laughs>